In your Bible, it's on Ecclesiastes chapter number 5. Ecclesiastes chapter number 5, and we're working our way through this book of the Bible. And uh, uh, notably, a tough passage of Scripture. And when we come to chapter number 5, you have to really use discernment as you study Ecclesiastes because there's moments when Solomon, and I'm not telling you that the Word of God is wrong because it's perfect, but there are moments when, when you interpret the Scripture from the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon is giving us some not-so-good advice about, uh, you know, and it, it, it reads like, oh, man, this is kind of contrary to other places in Scripture. It's not a contradiction. It's, it's Solomon. He's trying to figure things out, and he's making statements like, you know, if, if there's no eternity, then all we have really to live for is, uh, is to eat, drink, and be merry. And so he'll say something like, you know, it, the best thing for a man to do, I guess, is eat, drink, and be merry. But that would be in, in contrast in thinking if there's no eternity. And when we look at this passage of Scripture, we look at the book of Ecclesiastes, the emphasis is consistently uh, life under the sun, life on this planet is full of vanity. It's full of vanity and vexation of spirit. And uh, it's, it's a vexing place we live. We deal with birth and death. We deal with uh, so many things. And uh, we won't go into all these little details. But when we come to chapter 5, we actually see Solomon here in a moment uh, of, of time, these first seven verses, encouraging people in a very wise way. And some, a passage of Scripture I think we'll, we'll find very helpful. Uh, I want you to read it with me as I read along, you follow along. Uh, Chapter 5, verse number 1, the Bible says, Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore let thy words be few. For a dream cometh through the multitude of busyness. And a fool's voice is known by the multitude of words. When thou vowest to vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. Neither say thou before the angel that it was an error Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thine hands? For in the multitude of dreams and many words, there are also diverse vanities. But fear thou God. When we come to the, and understand, want to kind of put the key of these seven verses, we find it in the last four verses of verse number, last four words of verse number seven. It says, but fear thou God. And tonight's message is titled this, Fear Thou God. Now, we understand something. Fearing God is a good thing. Fearing God is a good thing. As a matter of fact, over and over in the Bible, God encourages us to fear God. Now, I, one of my favorite ways to describe the fear of God, you've heard me say it many times, I'll just keep saying it and keep saying it and keep saying it and keep saying it because every time I think about it, it helps me. Fearing God is not being afraid that God might hurt me if I get out of line. 
The real fear of God is the fear that I might hurt God after he's been so good to me. The fear of God to me is like the fear I've had of my mother for years. You know, if mom and I get in an arm wrestling match, I'm going to win. She'd try to beat me, but I'd beat her. I know I can. And I'm not afraid that she'd beat me in an arm wrestling match. Uh, But I will tell you this, I'm afraid of my mama. I'm afraid of her. But it's not afraid that she'll hurt me, but I really am fearful that I might hurt her. She's been so good to me all my life that I fear that I might hurt her. And uh, I, I take very seriously my relationship to her, the way I respond to her, the way I act. I do the same with my wife. I fear my wife with trembling. I mean, I told somebody the other day, Ruth, bless her heart, she gets picked on by me all the time. I told her, I said, you know, there's only one person I know of that I'm actually afraid of, and that's my wife. And uh, I fear her, but I'm not afraid that she could whip me in a fight. I'd let her if she wanted me to. Uh, but I'm afraid that I don't want to disappoint her. I don't, I don't want to hurt her. And it's serious to me if I think I have. And so when we think about the fear of God, it's this respect and reverence that we have for God. And it's where we want to be uh, so grateful that he has been so good to us that we fear the thoughts of disappointing him and displeasing God. The fear of God is something that we don't take it lightly when we come into his presence. And so when we come to this passage of Scripture, these seven verses, they really revolve around this one key thought. Fear thou God. Fear God. We should fear God in some ways that we show that we fear God and act like we fear God and uh, respect God. We'll see it tonight in three points. Point number one is keep your foot. Keep your foot. If we're going to fear God, we're going to keep our foot. Keep your foot. Look at the Bible says in verse number one. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. And be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. Keep thy foot. Now, this word, keep thy foot, literally means to walk prudently. Keep your foot. And we'd say, we'd say it like this. You better, you better straighten up. You better walk, walk in a straight line. You better uh, walk right. Be right. And so the idea is that we need to keep our foot. We should walk Prudently, The Bible says we should keep our foot when thou goest to the house of God. And what Solomon's talking about here is going into the presence of God. And when we come to worship God, we should keep our foot. We should walk prudently. Now, I want you to know something. It should never be a lackluster, casual experience to come into the presence of the Lord. It should never be something that we do uh, with uh, with disregard or disrespect when we come to the house of God, to the preaching of God's word, to the worship of our Savior. We should be very, very sure and we should be very reverent when we come in the presence of the Lord. I don't have, uh, I don't preach messages against contemporary this and contemporary that, but I will preach messages on folks who do not take serious their relationship with God. I do know for a fact that when you take serious your relationship, when you fear God, you keep your foot, you do not come to the meeting of God's people haphazardly. You don't come to the preaching of God's word and the singing of his praises 
with some worldly view. You don't come to the worship in some experimental, draw the crowd way. That's all against God and God's word and God's way. You see, when we come to the presence of God, we should do it reverently. Keep thy foot. Now, it's fascinating that this is what's on the heart of Solomon at this time. He's not just talking about the meeting of the church. He's primarily talking about the heart of the people and the heart that we should have when we live under the sun in a world that needs God. We should be keeping our foot. We should walk prudently when we come into the presence of the Lord. I don't know about you, but when the Lord God started working in my heart. It changed all kinds of things about me. It changed me from the inside out. And I do things differently because I have the Lord. And I'll just tell you something. If you claim, if folks claim to have the Lord, and the Lord Jesus has not changed your life in some form or fashion, you didn't get what I got. The Lord changes us. And when we have a relationship with Jesus, when we come into his presence, we do it very seriously. We're to keep our foot. We're to keep our foot. The fear of God causes us to walk straight. The fear of God causes us to do things right. The fear of God causes us to reverence his word. The fear of God causes us to reverence his house. The fear of God causes us to reverence the meeting of God's people. The fear of God causes us to sing with a certain intensity. The fear of God causes us to witness with a certain intensity. The fear of God causes us to keep our foot. There's no room in the Christian life for some loosey-goosey, haphazard, halfway relationship with Jesus. Matter of fact, it's pretty plain all through the Scriptures that we're to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We're to put God first. We're to have no other gods before us. And I'll just tell you, a relationship with Jesus is of utmost importance. Fear God. He says, keep your foot. Walk prudently. When you come to the house of God, walk prudently. There's no room for half measures in the worship of the Lord. We should do things for God and His glory with intensity, with fervor. Keep your foot. Have you got lazy about your relationship with Jesus? Have you got lazy about the meeting of the church? Have you got lazy about what the Lord has done in your heart? Don't do it. The Bible says keep your foot. When we fear God, when we fear God, we'll keep our foot. That means we're just going to take serious the work of the Lord in our lives. Oh, it's so good. Keep your foot. Number one, keep your foot. Number two, use your ears. Use your ears. Look at the Bible says in the same verse, verse number one. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. And be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. Be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. So the next phrase says, be more ready to hear. Uh, be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. In just a minute, we'll talk more about the sacrifice of fools, but I'm going to go ahead and give you some insight into what the sacrifice of fools is. The sacrifice of fools is this religious talk, 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 and an 
inability and unwillingness to hear from the Lord. So we've got this picture. When you come to the meeting, to the house of God, we're to do it with to keep our foot. We're to be reverent and, and we're to fear the Lord. We're to, to keep our foot and walk in line. We're to walk prudently. And when we come to the meeting and a meeting with God, we're to use our ears, be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice. If you've been around somebody that they can't stand to to listen. They feel like they always got to be talking. That's a foolish way to live. And the Bible says we should be more ready to hear. I like this little adage that we, the Lord on purpose gave us one mouth and two ears. That's because we should listen twice as much as we talk. We're to listen. We're to listen. We're to hear. You know, something that's really sad to me, and I don't feel like I'm so smart because I know that I'm not. But something that's really sad to me is to meet with Christian people who've been in churches for years and years and years and years and years. But it's clear when you talk to them about the Lord, about God's Word, that their depth of understanding of the things of God are about that deep. They're about that deep. You know why it is that our understanding of the things of God are so shallow? It's because we fail to listen. We fail to listen. And it's God's word that we use our ears. Use your ears. When you come to the house of God, be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. We should be hearers, hearers, hearers. Listen. Use your ears. Use your ears. Listen. Have you ever caught yourself in a conversation with somebody? And instead of hearing what they say, you're trying to formulate what you're going to say in response to what they said. You know what you really should do? You should listen to what they had to say because perhaps there will be no need to respond. Use your ears. Keep your foot. Use your ears. Let me tell you something. Someone that uses their ears and listens. You know what a listener is? A listener is somebody that's willing to be wrong. And if you're not willing to be wrong, you're proud. And pride comes before destruction. Don't forget that. Ready to hear. Ready to hear. Ready to hear. Ready to listen. Ready to be quiet. Be more ready. That's what it says. Be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. So if we're going to fear God, we're going to keep, our, keep your foot. Number two, you're going to use your ears. And number three... Number three, you're going to watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. I, I've told kids this before. They've said something that I heard they shouldn't say. And as a youth pastor and working with children as a pastor, I've heard kids say something they shouldn't say. And I say, watch your mouth. And you want to make me real mad when I say, watch your mouth. Go. <laughs> the last kid that did that to me has not been found. I'm just kidding. <laughs> watch your mouth. You know what we mean when someone says, watch your mouth, right? Pay attention to what's coming out of your mouth. So we're going to keep your feet, use your ears, and number three, watch your mouth. The rest of this passage of Scripture has to do with watching your mouth. So look what the Bible says there in verse number one again. Be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. The sacrifice of fools, the Bible says this, for they consider not that they do evil. Now, the sacrifice of fools is this religious talk 
It's this chatter. It's this talking. It's coming into the presence of God instead of being willing to hear what God wants to tell you. You want to tell God what you know about him. You want to tell God a thing or two. You want to talk, talk, talk. So the Bible says, be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. A fool is giving the sacrifice of this perpetual speak. And the Bible says, they consider not that they do evil. Do you know that religious talk is sinful if it's not in your heart? Do you know that chatter and talking and talking and talking foolishly is not pleasing the Lord? It's sinful. The Bible says in verse 2, here we go into some details. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. So the Bible says, be not rash. The word rash is, has the same kind of idea as hasty, but rash is kind of a harsh hasty. Be not rash with thy mouth, and it's like a smarty pants uh, uh, hasty, be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. Now, here's what the Bible says: Look, when you're talking to the Lord, when you come in the presence of God, don't be hasty with your words. Don't don't accuse God. Now, I don't want you to be afraid to pray because God understands you. But this is the spirit of our hearts. We should fear God, and when we come into God's presence, and when we're talking about the Lord, and when we're worshiping the Lord, and when we're around one another, we're to watch our mouth. The Bible says, "Be not rash with thy mouth. Let not thine heart." Be hasty to utter anything before God. It continues, look what it says. For God is in heaven and thou upon earth. Therefore let thy words be few. I think that's a fascinating picture right there. The Bible says, look, when you're talking and in worship and when you're using your words around God's people, he says, now listen, you need to be careful. He says, you need to use your words wisely. You need to be hasty. You need to be rash. You need to use few words because God is in heaven and we're on earth. What's he mean by that? He means God is in heaven and he knows everything and you're a peon on earth and know nothing. Have you ever been talking to somebody about something that you're pretty well versed about and they're not? But they're determined and they're trying their dead level best to tell you something about something that you know about more than they do. Uh, but they're going to, I mean, they're determined to tell you. This happened to me not long ago. I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure I've told you, but I have a terminal degree, a PhD and above in toilet repair. I mean, if you could have something good, I mean, that's the thing to pick. I know toilets. Uh, now, I'm just kidding. There are things about toilets I do not know. But I was talking to a kid one day, and I was, I'd actually uh, been called on to fix the toilet. And uh, he was asking me, he was, uh, he was, uh, he, he's, I was talking to him about the toilet, and I was not going to act like I knew everything there was to know about toilets, though I do. Uh, I'm just I'm messing. But I, I was talking about the toilet, and I was going to fix the toilet, and he started telling me everything was wrong with that toilet and what I needed to do and how I needed to fix it. Well, what he didn't realize is I knew that what he had to say was dead wrong. I mean, as far as toilet repair goes, I'm up here, and he was way down here. And the more he talked, the more foolish he sounded to me. And I tried to be nice, and I left. And I thought, I'm going to talk about him in church to hundreds of people in the near future. <laughs> That's a silly example. But here's the deal. The picture in this, in this passage of Scripture is we talk to God, and we accuse God, and we blame God. And sometimes we curse God. And when we're talking to God, we, we talk 
to God like, you know, what have you've really messed up, messed me up this time? It, he said, and we were talking to God. We talked to God about, Lord, you know how good I am and, you know, blah, blah. blah. But here's the, the point. The point is you're down here in your understanding, and God's up here in heaven in his understanding. And you just need to be careful about what you say because God knows a lot more than you do. So be a few words. Fear God. It'll be a few words. We need to be careful that we're not trying to tell, teach God, but we're instead we're trying to be taught of God. Trying to be taught of God. And it's important. Watch your mouth. So it keeps, keeps going here in verse number 3. I can't even begin to cover all this, and I'm not going to try. Verse number 3. The Bible says, For a dream cometh through the multitude of bus- busyness, and a fool's voice is known by a multitude of words. So this is just embellishing on this fact we need to watch our mouth. So the Bible says, a dream cometh through the multitude of busyness. How many of you have ever been really busy with something? Like you've got a stressful amount of work to do, and you've got projects coming in the near future, and you, there's stressful things, things that you think, oh, man, how is this going to happen? The multitude of busyness. Have you ever, been in the, you ever been in the multitude of busyness? And in the multitude of busyness, you find yourself in the middle of the night having nightmares about all your busyness or you have uh you have dreams about all your busyness uh, how many of you ever experienced that having have dreams about your busyness i've got this recurring dream about my busyness and one it's occasionally i get the opportunity to preach different places but this this dream i have about the multitude of busyness is i have this dream that i'm supposed to preach at Temple Baptist Church, but for some reason, I cannot get my outfit together. Like, my, I'm in a rush, and I can't get, my, my leg will not go through the pants. It won't happen. Or my shirt, all of a sudden, I've got one of the boys' shirt hanging on the hanger, and I can't get the shirt on. And I'm trying, I'm watching the clock, and somebody's come and told me, you're on in two minutes. And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. The multitude of busyness. How many of you ever had the multitude of busyness give you a nightmare? So the Bible says, just like the multitude of busyness produces these dreams, these nightmares, it says this, so a fool's voice is known by the multitude of words. You can tell when you're stressed and you're a little bit got too much going on when you're tormented in your sleep about the work that you're given to do. Just like that, the Bible says that a fool is going to be known, a fool's voice is known by the multitude of words. Be careful. When you're around somebody that wants to talk, 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 and never listen, 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 you're probably in the presence of a fool. And God's people, in light of our relationship with the Lord, we need to learn to listen to God. We need to learn to understand that God understands. And we need to fear God and we need to watch our mouth. Watch your mouth. The Bible says in verse 4, When thou vowest to vow unto God, defer not to pay it. Look, don't be promising God things in emotional moments that you're not willing to keep. I remember my mom teaching me this principle uh, when I was just a boy. And I don't know what I'd done or what I'd said that warranted this lesson, but I'm sure I deserved it. But mom said, now you remember something. The Bible says it's better to have not vowed a vow than to vow a vow to God and not keep it. And, uh, and it's important. We watch our mouth. We watch our mouth. Suffer not, verse number 6, the Bible says, Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. 
Prevent your mouth from causing yourself to sin. Watch your mouth. And the end of verse number 7 says, But fear thou God. Fear God. What do we do? We're to fear God. How do I fear God? I keep my foot. I walk prudently. Look, take serious your relationship to Jesus Christ. Take serious the worship of God's people. Take serious the preaching and teaching of God's word. Take serious the singing of God's praises. It's not something we do casually and haphazardly and halfway. Take it serious. Keep your foot. Fear God. Keep your foot. Fear God. Use your ears. Be a listener. Listen for God's word. Sometimes I think we've got so much noise that we can't hear from the Lord. Use your ears. And thirdly, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. And uh, God will prove himself faithful. Let's pray.